Hi, Liz. Hiya, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Yeah, I had a busy morning today, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's nice to sit down and have a natter. <laughs> yeah, I've been looking forward to having you on, having, having a natter. So welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I've been I've been listening to your podcast, and oh, yeah. I thought, you know what, I should I should give this a go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're one of the main uh, people I know, so yeah, you should definitely come on and have a chat. I'm really enjoying doing yeah. that. Actually, it's uh, it's proven to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know, the 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 idea of the podcast is to, you know, just show people that you know transgender people are just normal everyday people, and you know, we all yeah. have we all have our lives and jobs and. You know, just like anybody else. I mean, that's the whole point of it. We're not some kind of strange beings from outer space, you know. <laughs> just normal Definitely people. not. Yeah. So you, you were... No, Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say they're really good. And, and, you know, I know you've only just started doing them and, and I've listened to quite a few of them now. And, and I just think it's a really great idea. Um, so, yeah, that's... Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm yeah, really enjoying it. You um, you live down in uh, Berkshire, don't you? Is that correct? Yeah, I live um, not far from Reading, and actually not too far from Sammy, who runs Tea and Coffee. Yes, yes. So. I mean, that's that. I think that's how we kind of met. I think we also originally met on Twitter, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I met I've, I've met so many people on Twitter, including yeah. you, and and I did meet Sammy on Twitter as well, um, oh. and the fabulous Emily, um, and got so and knew me and Jess. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's been it's it's actually become a bit of a, a bit of a lifeline. I know there's <clears throat> there is some negativity on well a lot of negativity on there, but yeah, I think it's it's got this nice community. Um, and people watch out for each other and support each other, which is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you how do you deal with the negativity on Twitter? I know what I do. I mean, I kind of block and report anybody who's abusive. And some people can yeah, try and find well, people, but I'm just wondering how do you deal with that? Yeah, no, I did I did for a while I did try and um naively think that it would be worth trying to um engage with them <clears throat> and and I just you know, it didn't take me long to realise that it, it was a wasted effort. So, no, now I block and report. Yeah, um, I do too. So, and it, yeah. And I tell you, do, doing that gives you such a better experience on social media. If you oh, yeah. don't engage and block and report, you know, I, I think it improves your experience and you can connect with other people that you want to connect with. And you can do lots of positive things because you're not having to deal with all the negativity all the time. So there's lots of, I think there's lots of benefits of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We also met at um, Brighton Trans Pride in 2019. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, that was my first Trans Pride yeah. that I'd been to. It was my first um, one as well. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of, you know, I caught the train down and, and there were a few people on the train and, and it was like there were little hints um, that they might be trans and stuff. And I was so nervous about just just sort of saying hello or something. Um, and, you know, I got off the train and walked down to um, to the meeting point And, oh, my God, I've forgotten the name. <laughs> I'm so bad with 
with the remembering things like that. Um, but there, you know, I walked around the corner and there were hundreds of people there. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, and then I bumped into Numi and Jess and yourself and yeah. a few other people. Um, and it was just, you know, I, th- I think going to to that event was was incredible. It was it was such a fabulous experience to be um, with so many people in my community, um, and also with the you know the people who are allies there. I, I just had the most incredible day. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was everybody, brilliant. That that little pub um, in kind of the centre of. Uh, Brighton, I think it's called the Marley. Yeah. Um, and I remember on the day of the, when they do the parade, the parade day, the actual day of the event, um, Charlie Martin was talking from the window upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was a politician as well, I can't remember her name now. I think she's the MP um, for Brighton. Green yeah. Park. I can't remember her name, but she, she was there too. Yeah. <laughs> speaking. God, I'm terrible with names. She won't be listening to this podcast, so I don't think we need to worry. <laughs> Well, you never know. You never know. And I think Fox um, Fisher was there too, wasn't he? Doing the recording. Yeah. A video. Yeah. Yeah, Fox so, and Al were there. Yeah, um, yeah, they were both. I, I, I saw them and, um, <clears throat> yeah, they were filming around the the event. Um, and actually, there was one of my friends um, who I met through work a while ago. Um, her name's Sophie, and she's uh, the lead singer for Colours and Fires, and she was actually oh, yeah. performing there, so... You know, that was really nice. Um, and, and I think one of the things I really liked was that, you know, it, it, it's quite a small community. And, you know, wandering around, there were people um, who I spotted, you know, we, we talked before this, um, Gloria, yeah. who, yeah, Gloria. who uh, many, many of us know. And, yeah. you know, it was so nice to meet people that I'd only met virtually um, in real life. And, you know, it was just just so brilliant to chat to them yeah um so yeah it was it was fabulous yeah there's i mean for me because it was the first one i mean there was a lot of people that i met when i was with jess and nooms and you know i recognized the face but i just couldn't remember the names because there was <laughs> yeah i guess I was, you're kind of a little bit overwhelmed with all the people there and it's like oh, i'm sorry i know your face but i, I don't know your name but yeah <laughs> then they have some strange kind of Twitter name, which isn't the real name. So, yeah, it's kind of, until you meet them face-to-face, you, you don't really make that kind of proper connection. But, you, yeah. know, you, know, you know what I mean? I mean, you have... Yeah, a- do you know what? I had this I, I had this idea of, you know, the next trans pride of getting a T-shirt printed with my um, Twitter handle on it. Hey, that's a really that- good idea. It's <laughs> a really good idea. <laughs> you know, yeah, because I are, think... Be- you are in the T-shirt business after all, so, you know. <laughs> and well kind of well, kind of we'll really. talk about that later but... <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry i can, can hear I... ricky yes can i pitch oh yeah just gonna have to... <laughs> we might have to cut this bit okay, we can... that's all right <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that it's okay yeah it's um Ricky's no, in, my son is staying uh, with Ricky's in on the on the podcast too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, my son's staying with me, and uh, every time he moves off his PlayStation, the dog starts 
barking so um yeah <laughs> it's okay. just it just gets excited just telling me that someone's around <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you also went to um london pride is that correct and was it 2018 i did yeah yeah uh-huh. i think it was the 2018 one and that was the one where um it was held up by get the l out um yeah. protesters which was yeah and, and you know that was that was really, really upsetting that, yeah. um, you know, they were there and they were spreading, you know, their views um, and holding up everyone for yeah. what was, you know, it did, I, I did have a really, really good time. And I actually went there um, with a friend of mine who lives in Scotland and she came all the way down in her camp span and, um, left it parked it at mine and then we caught the train in um and it was a really great day and i met loads of people again um from actually from various parts of the community so it wasn't just the trans community um and just had a really great day but uh, it's just a shame it was it was you know slightly marred by that group but, yeah i think the know. same the same group tried to disrupt my sister pride <clears throat> the, yeah the they same, did you know, yeah i didn't actually get to go to that one but yeah, they were they were there as well and got <clears throat> got themselves banned. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like to go to more of them. Um, yeah. Obviously, with the current situation uh, last yeah, year and last year they all got um, cancelled. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm not hopeful that that we'll get anything face to face this year. Yeah, but you know, we don't. Um, fingers crossed, you know, we might get. Maybe, yeah, yeah. One day. Um, have you, have you been really, to the Bristol Pride? Trans Pride event? Did you no, have... I haven't. I've, that was a, that was a really I, cool I've event. Only, yeah, I've only been to um, London and Brighton. Um, and I was going to go to the, the London Trans Pride, um, which I think was, was that 2019? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a bit of confusion about the organisation and okay. I decided not to go. And it looked fabulous and I'm so gutted um but you know well hopefully this next year, year or next year we can we can start yeah again. yeah well, it'd be are, great they are great events um yeah so your twitter handle is quite interesting it's i mean you you call it, it's lizzie butterfly and it is lizzie working girl fun. one working girl one yeah, yeah working not working girl. oh sorry working. <laughs> what am i talking about yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mean, it was you, kind of. No. Yeah. I mean, the the, yeah. the, the Lizzie Butterfly one was um sorry um because you know I'm Lizzie and you know I have got a thing for butterflies um so I just thought yeah that will do <laughs> but I did originally when I when I joined Twitter I used my real name um and. You know, I, I was I was very new to Twitter and didn't really know what to expect. And um, you know, found out quite quickly that um, you know it's it's not the nicest place in the world. So I, yeah. I decided to shut that down and do um, kind of an anonymous account, um, which which I think quite a few of us do. Not yeah. everyone, I know, you don't. I did um, the same for several. Yeah. I had several accounts which I had and closed. And then I ended up with my current one. I, I decided to keep that one because yeah, I, I was just so tired. Of, I was tired of hiding, and you know, I'm just going to say, okay, 
sod it. I'm going to have my real name on there. Why not? And um, yeah, yeah, kept it ever since. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not brave enough for that. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it's like you know, it's like we were saying before. You just have to block and report the uh, negatives, and uh, yeah, just yeah, be on there yeah. for each other. But right? yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, God, I can't remember how long I've had my account now, but yeah, I post rubbish on there and pictures. Well, and, I mean, you post some amazing uh, pictures of yourself, full-length shots, with, <laughs> with a nice dress on. And it, I always, I, I love seeing those pictures. They're always, uh, you know, you and you're so, you're so slim. That's, um, yeah, amazing pictures. Oh, that's, do you know what? I get that from my mum. I've got her jeans, which I'm so thankful for. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's one the one thing that I'm so pleased about. Um, but you know, it's it. I, I think I kind of I went through a really bad sort of phase of trying to trying to work out what I like to wear because um, I think a lot of us who transitioned later don't have that experience growing up, and yeah. and we have a relatively short time um, from actually. The point when we actually decide to come out in the world to to try and work out what we're wearing, and you know, I did make some some mistakes and chose things that didn't suit me, and I wasn't really comfortable in. Um, and and I and honestly, I think it probably took me about four years to really settle into my style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do like I do like nice dresses for work. Um, and I do wear heels because I like, you know, I, yes. I, I just think they finish off an outfit. Um, but most of the time, you know, at weekends, I'm in pumps and jeans and, you know, just any old tops um, mm. and just, just relax. Yeah. But yeah, those pictures, I, I remember talking to someone a while ago and um, she, she said that those pictures had kind of inspired her. And I, that's, that's kind of why I do them. Um, there is a bit of vanity in there because I, you know, yes, <laughs> I do like my clothes and how they fit me. Um, but it's also it is to sort of say, yay, I made it, um, and you know, so give give people. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't remember what she said. Now I think it, it was like you know, it gave her inspiration. Yeah. Um, to come out and to yeah. to get on with things. So I think that's really nice. Um, well, I've I've been through nice. kind of iterations of, you know, what, what my style is. I've, you know, I've, I've when I first um, came out, I was buying a lot of stuff from Marks and Sparks, and you know, yeah. depart, department stores. And then I kind of that they were really those stores, those big super um, department stores are great if you want to get things for work. You know, so I was buying stuff at Marks, I was buying stuff at Next. But as I kind of developed my style a bit more, I started going to some, you know, smaller private um, shops. There's one place in Lytham I go quite a lot called Room. And they have some amazing design stuff in there, which are all unique things. Not They're not expensive. You're probably paying 25, 30 pounds a piece. And, uh, you know, there are different things that you wouldn't get in Marks and Sparks. So I've kind of developed my style. I think I'm still developing it. But, yeah, you do definitely get into a, you know, you go through that period where you're trying to work out yeah. style. And it's, yeah. 
I know, I know. I mean, it's 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 weird because um, I actually buy all my heels from from Marks, and I bought like the kitten heels when I first started. Yeah, couldn't walk in them. I just uh, I don't know why they were just at the wrong height. Yeah. Um. So now, yeah, it's stilettos, um, which I just find really comfortable. <laughs> um, which might sound a bit off, but <laughs> but yeah, it's on. You know, it, as I said, it took me a long, long time to really settle into um, Your style. into my style, um, and and now I'm really happy. Um, yeah. yeah, you you had. I mean, let's just talk about your uh, t-shirt hobby business. You, <laughs> yeah, you did have a, a little business called um, Outpride Clothes, where you were making t-shirts, selling them to. I guess it was to the trans community and anybody else who wanted to buy. Well, it was yes to anyone really. So yeah, I mean that was um, that was kind of a chance thing. Um, I'd actually bumped into one of my neighbours and she had this really cool mask, face mask, um, and I asked her where she got it and she pointed me to this local printer. Um, so I thought, I wonder if he can do them for you know the trans community, trans flags type things, um, and I. So I'll, I'll have a chat with him. So she gave me his number and I, I went to see him and just talking about that. And and he said, well, do you know, I, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. I don't know what the trans flag is. Um, and we went onto a website and I showed him all the different flags. He was like, I didn't even know these existed. Um, and he, he just sat there and he said, well, do you know what? Um, I actually support local businesses who want to produce their own merchandise. So, you know, with your knowledge um, of, of the community and the market, which, you know, I haven't got that much knowledge. Um, he said, um, you know, we could set something up. So, so I started out Pride Clothes and um, he does, I, I did a few designs. Um, one of which I, I, my favorite is the trans, uh, trans rights to human rights t-shirt yeah that's the one i bought um yes yeah quite a few people have bought that um which is great but i'm not really a great designer um the other one that really sold well was um sammy's love is love yeah um, that was that so was seeing coffee yeah 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 um but yeah i'm not a designer and it kind of it ran for a little bit i tried to do other designs um and then it kind of faded off, but it was it's the wrong time year really. Um, and I know there are loads of other people doing this, and it and it's you know kind of their main income, and it's it's a sideline thing um, mm-hmm. that I may I may expand on, um, but it, at the moment it's just ticking long at the moment. So um, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen with it yet. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that you could go to these uh, pride events and have a stall and sell them there. Yeah. You know, if you did, if you, you know, yeah. if during a normal year, you can attend like probably several events where you could sell them and, and sell them online. Yeah. But you probably, you probably need to get maybe a designer who can come up with some unique designs because the t-shirts, yeah, mostly, yeah. I mean, the t-shirts you've been using are fruit of the loom. And they're really good. Yeah, quality. they are. They're good quality. One of my favorite um, t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, and the the printing results are, are good as well. 
How do you do um, the printing? Is it, it silk screen printing? Is that how you do that? I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> oh, you don't do the printing yourself. So, just... I I don't do the printing You're the myself. Businesswoman. No. So so yeah, <laughs> I I did the designs, um, and then this guy did the oh, printing the okay. and shipping. So so basically, it was, it was kind of sort of drop shipping type thing. Right. Um. So so, so yeah, I mean, was... you know, if you've got um a supply of t-shirts and designs, and you've got a printer, I mean, you can just kind of coordinate the whole thing, can't you? And uh, just yeah. focus on the sales and promotion. I mean, I think there's a definitely a market for it, and it's it's kind of a specialist. There is. I mean, t-shirts are not a specialist thing, but the the designs that you're putting on them, you know, under the um, Outpride Clothes kind of logo. Uh, I mean, that that's probably the where the market would be for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there there are other things I can do other than t-shirts, so you yeah. know, bags yeah, yeah. and hoodies and and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so you know, actually, you're piquing my interest in this again because <laughs> I, I've kind of put it on the sidelines, but now I'm thinking. Yeah, but it, I mean, we're hmm. all in we're all in lockdown still, so everybody's buying clothes and things online. So it's probably yeah, probably a really good time to I don't know, bring it back to life. Yes. I might think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. So you also have a full-time job as well, which um, wouldn't allow I you to do. Uh, do it too much. And you, you work in the finance yeah. sector, don't you? Working for a large I do. financial I, services company. I do. Yeah, I've worked with them for a while, and um, I'm actually the translate for their LGBT network, which is called Spectrum. Right. Um, so actually, I was approached to to take on that role um, last year. So I actually took on the role in September, um, and it's it's been challenging, but yeah. but really 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 good. Um, and and since I did that, um, I've actually had um, colleagues within the business who are trans um, approach me, and so. I've, formed a little working group and we talk about how we can um events we can do and how yeah. we can spread awareness and you know any any struggles we have in the business how we can improve things um so lots of things going on with that um yeah so it's 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 really busy i'm currently looking at our transition guidelines which right. are actually really 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 good um you know, I've, I've read through them quite a few times, yeah, and they are great. Um, but I've I've uh, been liaising with Stonewall to see how we can make them even better. Yes, because I want, <laughs> you know, I, uh, with every large company, I, I think there's there's sort of a challenge of of getting, you know, if you've got lots of different systems you access and things like that, making sure everything is perfectly timed so that you know any name change you want and and everything else is really smooth yeah. um so plus all the you know making sure the guidance and the um and and the transition process is nice and easy and and yeah. colleagues are really well supported because you know having been through that myself i know how much the you know quite a scary experience it is and and having the right support which i did at the time um it just makes it so so much easier yeah i i mean my company have very you know very similar 
processes and policies. And, and it was when I did everything I had to do at work, it was very, it was very smooth because they had all these policies and processes in place. And they were also, you know, put in place with the help of Stonewall originally. Yeah. But what we've been going through recently is we've been updating all these policies to make it even easier and more inclusive to include non-binary people into the same policies. Yeah. And then looking at employee record systems to allow people to change agenda markers in there without having to produce um, gender recognition certificate. You just use, yeah. you know, normal identity documents is the way to do it. You know, and also maybe to introduce um, an X marker for non-binary people, should they wish to use that. Yeah. So we're still going through that. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we've made a lot of changes, but it's still a process, you know. Yeah, and I think it's really important. Um, you know, I, I, I know from from history and looking at policies, the older policies, they're all very binary trans. Yes, um, yeah. and not non-binary inclusive, and yeah. I think that that's so important. Um, and you know, it's it's just things, just making sure that the language and the guidance is right um, yes. and totally inclusive, all yeah. the way up to making sure you know people can have the right information about them on systems. Yeah. It's it's vitally okay. important to allow people to have yeah. the information correct and so that they're not misgendered, or there's no records in the wrong gender. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah, it's really important. I think a lot of big companies are kind of getting to that stage now where they they've had these policies in place for a while, and now they're updating them to make them inclusive of non-binary people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really important. I mean, I, I've been involved in a, a few different things at work as well. I was, um, you know, part of a women's group um, yeah. looking at how to, um, you know, how to, to encourage women into, in, I, I'll just say I work in on the IT side. I'm not like right. front office yeah. or anything. Okay. Um, but, you know, we did, we did initiatives like um, getting school kids in. Um, from a local girls' school, and and talk to them about our different roles and things, and and it was, you know, so I've been involved in things like that, and um, you know, that that's really really great fun. It's hard actually. I mean, I didn't go into teaching for a reason, <laughs> um, but you know, so yeah. so having these, you know, young teenage girls in there, and and talking to them about the kind of work I do, um, was really really great fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really important. Yeah, lot, get, lots of different things. You know, to get um, girls into these kind of industries and, uh, you know. Absolutely. We're going through yeah. the same thing with STEM subjects where I work. So, yeah, you know, it's it's all it's all great stuff. And, um, you know, we're finally beginning to see some changes, positive changes, which is great. More, more. Yeah, of yeah. Yeah, we, we do actually have um, the... the Part of the business I work in, we do have a good uh, representation of women in the, in that part of the business. Um, it's still not as good as it, um, you know. It's still not not fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's 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 getting there, which is, and and I know there are things in um, happening to try and try and drive recruitment and, um, you know, just just try and shift the balance a bit yeah yeah oh good amazing work you've also been involved 
with mermaids, haven't you? Um, yes, yeah. So um, I actually, I did a bit of work for mermaids um, quite a few years ago through through the company LGBT group. Um, so that's how I kind of got to hear about them. Um, and, you know, I've, I've always followed them and, um, you know, donated when I can and things like that. And then I thought, you know what, I might actually think about volunteering. So I, I inquired and um, put in an application form. Um, and I've just gone through, um, through the training. And I'm now currently waiting for um, for things to start to happen. And it's, you know, it is quite difficult because of um, all the lockdown and stuff and the, the lack of face-to-face things. Um, but hopefully soon I'll be joining one of the local groups as, um, as a volunteer. Well, that's amazing. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, I thought, as a trans person myself, I thought I could bring... Um, bring my my experience of my transition and the fact that um you know I have got quite a good job I am quite successful um and I think for you know potentially for parents of these young kids um who who might be you know worried about what the prospects are you know how they're going to get on with life and and actually having someone who is there who's trans um, to talk to? Um, I, I I just thought it would it would really help. Um, yeah. Plus, I'm you know I'm I'm so passionate about this. I really want. Um, I I didn't have the opportunities when I was young, and I think it's so important to support these kids and you know really give them a good start in life. Yeah. And. You know, being trans is not, um, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, so, you know, help them, help them through this, through their lives um, and start now kind of yeah. thing. Well, the Mermaids organisation, it's there not only to help the kids, but it's also a support yeah. for the families, isn't it? Absolutely. So your, I mean, your role as a volunteer would be to, work probably primarily with the parents and maybe i guess the professionals work with the kids and you're kind of a support role is that how it works yeah well it it's it it is the support role for for the um you know the meetings um unfortunately because of covid and everything um you know there's not going to be face-to-face meetings for quite a while but right. um yeah so so you know we'll see see where that goes, but you yeah. know I'm I'm really I really wanted to do this. I wanted to help out. I think they're a great charity. They are. Um, a great charity. Um, and they do do amazing stuff, not just with the families and and kids, but also um, with wider initiatives. Yeah, I mean I was recently talking with uh, Bobby Picard, who's a uh, one of their trustees, or who was a one of their trustees. Yeah. She's taking a bit of time off. You know Bobby too, and yes, yeah. yeah, I met Bobby at one of the um one of the first team coffee events. I think it yeah. was the first one. Yeah, oh, she was at the she was at that as well, was she? Mm. Oh right, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we spoke we spoke about mermaids 
and her involvement. Now, as far as I understand, Mermaids, is it based in Leeds, but has offices in London as well? Is that how it's set up? Um, I think so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not that familiar with the entire structure of um, an organisation the office is, but yeah. um, yes, I know they're based in Leeds. Yeah, I mean, it is a wonderful organisation. I think we should all yeah. support it as much as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. You and I have also been involved with um, the Tea and Coffee Trans Network, which is run by uh, Sammy Howard and Jason. Yes. So yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was about a year ago when the very first meeting took place, which you were at, and I've seen the photos on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a, a delightful picture of me. I've, I think I've just had a sip of tea. Yes, and you, in you're, my mouth. I think you're all sat down <laughs> in, a, in a Tesco's coffee shop. Yeah. Drinking your tea and yeah, I mean, yeah, I I do remember um, long before that day, um, Sammy actually spoke to me and said, "I've got this great idea," and um, she she explained it to me, and I I just thought, but you know, it's a, it's a great idea, but are people going to come to a supermarket in broad daylight? And I remember, you know, the the reason I was thinking this was I was so scared just go outside in daylight yeah. um, when I was early on in my transition and or kind of still in the closet really um, but you know she was so passionate about it and she you know reached out to Tesco and and did all this amazing stuff um, to arrange uh, for that first meeting um, and it you know it was, it was brilliant she she's just the most amazing person so driven and so yeah. passionate about this yeah um so yeah i i did attend the first event um i do remember she actually asked me to go to to winter pride with her to to help kind of uh market it yeah um what i didn't realize that would be we'd be stood in a marquee with no heating all day long <laughs> <laughs> and i think it was the coldest day of the year um but you know we got loads of interest um, and and that was fabulous. So yeah, we um, she set up the the first meeting, and I went along. And the second one, I actually spoke to Emily um, and asked her if she'd like to come along, and I'd be there. Um, so she actually came down, and we we went shopping and into Reading, which I live not far away from. Um, I had a great time, and then she came to the tea and coffee session. Um, and I also met Lexi there, who is on the tea and coffee sessions. Yeah. And that was her first time out. Oh, right. And it was just like, oh, my God, it does work. You know, people will come. Um, and, and I just thought, oh, my God, she's done that. Um, just, just come along. And I was so scared of just walking out the front door. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's brilliant. It's such a great initiative. And it's, it is. You know, it's, it's on the one so hand, many, it's, it's helped so many people to you know get over those initial. It has, kind of it fears has, and I think. Out. Yeah, definitely, and and I think you know it was frustrating that that COVID happened, but I think um, one of the the results of that is that you know Sammy took it online and yeah. and it's really blossomed from there, and then Jason it has. Um, I mean, got involved. Yeah, there's been all these spin-offs you know, from members 
doing their own thing yeah being associated with you know tea and coffee network you know this podcast is one of those one of those things as well (laughs) i know i know and it's just brilliant and you know i know now it's it's going going global um yes they have gone global yeah so yeah billy's starting a, a session out in the u.s yeah um and it's just it's it's brilliant yeah I mean, interestingly, lots of these online things probably would never have happened had we not had to go through COVID. So, you know, the fact that taking it online has actually been a really good thing for um, tea and coffee. Because, you know, it's allowed allowed everybody to connect, which probably wouldn't have happened as much if you were just going to your local Tesco meeting. You wouldn't get to meet people who are not in your local area. But, you know, the fact that it's gone online, we've got, you know, uh, Billy and Amy and everybody in the states coming into those meetings as well. I mean, that wouldn't yeah. have happened without going online. So th- there's been a lot of positives from that. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll, I know. We'll it's, probably it's, go it's, back to meeting in Tesco's, but I hope the online thing continues as well because you know they're both very useful. I think you know it, to keep them both going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I do think um, I. I really hope the face-to-face ones do get back up running and I'm sure I know Sammy wants to do that um and I know she's really passionate about getting them running around the country and you know potentially around the world um and I you know it's it's that it's it is that human interaction and just um you know meeting new people and you're having a tea or a coffee and it's just it's it's brilliant um and it i think it really does help people i mean i i've been out for years so um you know um going anywhere doesn't phase me anymore but to have that have a safe place where you can just you know you can turn up and there will be people there who won't be judging you who will you know be want to talk to you and and just yeah, it's, very it's, it's totally inclusive it's really uh, atmosphere. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah, and away from pubs and things um, yeah. where you know typically. Yeah, I mean, we should, we should mention that it's an alcohol-free. Uh, it is an alcohol-free um, thing, which you know, I, th- I think that's one of the innovative things about this, um, and and it, I think it was Sammy's key driver was to um, <clears throat> bring it out from you know pubs and clubs yeah which is just not a good a, environment really a normal yeah a normal everyday just coffee shop environment yeah, it's perfect i mean it's a perfect idea you go and do your shopping and you can have a coffee at the same time it's yeah it's yeah such a great idea and sammy won an award last year didn't she she won the pink news friend of the year yeah, award she did. I mean, to be recognized like that i think that's you know i mean this has all happened in one year so it's it's an amazing uh, story it is, yeah. I mean, you know, I will say she has been an amazing friend to me as well. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's not just what she's doing um, with tea and coffee. She she is a great friend as well. Yeah. So can we can we just talk about your transition story and how you how did you realise that you were a transgender and at what age yeah, did you sure. kind of figure things out? If you just yeah, if you just go. Want to talk about that? Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I think I knew I was different probably around the age of three or four. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, it was it was the seventies, and um, I kind of there there was a moment um, with my mum, and I was actually just, um, me and my sister were playing dress up, and um, she put her dress on me, and my mum actually, you know, she didn't particularly like it, um, and I have a clear memory of her um, reacting to that. And and I think that was a, um, I think that kind of set me on a path of no, that's not right. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, and it and it affected me for a long time. I think growing up, I kind of considered myself to be a crossdresser for a long time. Right. Um, and it, it it was kind of this dirty little secret which um, which I hated um, doing. Yeah. But it. You know, it gave me, um, gave me, you know, when I did have an opportunity to dress, I just felt so relaxed and comfortable and just me. Um, but I did that for years and years. And then I met my now ex-wife. Um, and, you know, I told her about this and she was, uh, I just thought, this is going to end our relationship. But we'd only known each other for about a month. and. I thought she's really lovely, but I've got to get this out because it's just going to keep tormenting me. <clears throat> and she she was fabulous. She's like, right, tomorrow we're going into London. We'll do do some shopping, get you some stuff. And it was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Um, and you know, we had our ups and downs. Um, you know, it wasn't all with plain sailing, but um, it got to a point where I think she knew that it was more than that, and she actually suggested uh, that we go to Sparkle in Manchester, which is a, yeah. a weekend-long event uh, yeah. for the, you know, trans and non-binary community. Yeah. And and we did, and that was in um, 2013. And honestly, I had the most amazing time. I met so many people, and and I think one of the really important things, um, which was just incredible, was meeting trans women there with their partners and their kids um who'd just gone along for the sort of daytime side of it yeah. and and it was just you know it was normal you know they were <laughs> sorry the dog barking again. um yeah and you know i had a fabulous time met so many lovely people probably drank too much stayed up too too late dancing wore the wrong shoes and my feet were killing me um you know all all the things that you do um and it was it was great and you know i was sat on the train going home and i just felt so depressed and for the next six months i was just really low um and i knew i knew what i had to do and it was actually um january 2014 I told Nicola that I was trans and you know that I, was, I wanted to transition and you know she was really supportive um so spoke to my doctor in that January and then we we told our son who was nine at the time um and his initial reaction was kind of panic yeah. um and I think he he felt like he was losing a parent um and he was kind of 
inconsolable. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the worst thing I've done in the world. What am I doing to this poor child? And and actually, after after a little while, he calmed down and he just started asking questions. And, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we yeah. started talking about it. And there were lots of hugs and kisses and reassurances. And, you know, he he was okay then. Um, and then, God, in the in the following months, I kind of reached out to people on Transatic, um, which was a website I used to go on. Um, and this fabulous woman um, said she'd come up and take me shopping in the daylight. <laughs> and it was like, wow, this is great. And so she came up and we did that. We went into Reading. Um, and it was great. It was it was so nice um, to realise that people, you know, wouldn't be staring at you. Um, you know, it was a, a, just a non-seen environment, as it were. Yeah. And, you know, I had a really great time. And that was, you know, that was it. I just thought, you know, I, I'm going to do this soon with work. So I spoke to work. Sorry, I'm just going to have a drink. Um, yeah, I, I actually wrote a letter for work and um, arranged a meeting with my HR manager and sat across a desk in a meeting room and gave her this letter and I was petrified. Um, and she sat there and read it and then she just looked at me and she said, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be the first person you told. Yeah. And I, was, uh, I, I nearly burst into tears. Um, and it was great. And, you know, we had lots of clandestine meetings with different levels of management and stuff, um, planning uh, coming out. Yeah. And then um, I took a week off work uh, at the end of May 2014. And everyone in in the business was told it was quite a small, there's about 200 people in my area. So everyone got told at the same time. And I just got flooded with fabulous emails um, and then I started at work on the 2nd of June 2014 and it was you know it was hi Liz how are you um, and it was fabulous um, it was just incredible and and you know people at work have been so so supportive um, throughout all of it so sounds that was like great you, really sounds like you have, you've had really positive support from you know family and work and you, you know that person um, you went through when you were kind of doing kind of cross-dressing maybe you know you were probably still in the closet a little bit and then you managed to tell your wife and family yeah you came out I mean through that well, process yeah. it sounds yeah, like my, um, great support even though it, you know with a few struggles along the way yeah it wasn't all plain sailing I no, mean my mum um my mum really really struggled with it um and it took her it took her a good six months um, to even start to come round, um, and you know we had quite a fractious relationship for a while. Um, and it was actually one of her friends um, just uh, said to her, "You know, this is silly." And and I met her friend with my mum, and and she just treated me like an just an ordinary person. And I think that was the trigger that made my mum just start actually thinking. Actually, this is it's it's fine. It's fine. Um, but sadly, she um, 
she passed away the following December, so in December 14. Um, so, yeah, she she only knew me for a, a brief period. Um, and her family um, have they don't speak to me, but you know yeah. that's their choice. Um, yeah. They live in their world, and and I live in mine, and I'm happy. Well, at um, least at least so, yeah. you got to tell your mum, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm I'm really glad that she she met the real me. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's very important. So, so that was good. Yeah. How is your relationship so, now with with your with your ex wife? Is things oh fabulous um <clears throat> yeah so i would i kind of describe it as as um being like sisters yeah. um you know we talk all the time um we we still love each other um <clears throat> she's actually in a relationship and she's engaged to be married to this fabulous guy who um i really get on well with and he's great with with our son um and you know i'm so you know that that is brilliant i'm so happy for her because um i just think she's she's in such a great place now um so yeah was we that, are that, we I are mean, the best friends was that difficult for you to you know watch your ex going into um, a relationship and you know I, I think i when she first um dated someone i i confess that I I was quite overwhelmed by that um I knew it was going to happen but I didn't think I would find it so difficult um because I you know honestly I she was we we were separating anyway she wasn't a lesbian so you know I knew she needed to get on with her life and and I was never going to stand in her way um, but yeah, I think I think I did struggle with it initially, but you know that was my problem to deal with, not hers. Yeah, um, and, and, and it sounds like things worked out quite well. You know, yeah, they so did. They, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And um, she's in my bubble, so because we've got um, our right. son, so um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do see each other um, every now and again which is great. And I spent Christmas there with her and her fiance and, and our son. So, you know, it was fabulous. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to hear that you, you know, you got through that and you you were able to stay friends and. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I know, I know that not everyone gets that opportunity and, and, you know, I value it so much. Um, So, you know, it's great. How, how have things been for you on the, medical transition side of things did you did you go through that process of approaching your gp and having having those awkward (laughs) discussions you know and getting a referral to the gic's and all all that yeah yeah i mean my gp was was great um when i first spoke to her um which was in january 14 um she actually said that she um met trans people when she was in teaching college or something um or on on her in her early career <clears throat> and um so you know that gave her a little bit of information but you know she was fabulous and she she although she didn't make the mistake of referring me to the local mental health team she did um they did reply very quickly and she put referred me to charing cross 
<clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, she was she was really supportive. Um, and at the time, sorry, can we just pause a second? I really need to get a drink. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Hold on, I'll only be a second. My okay. throat is drying up. That's fine. You can cut this out, can't you? I can edit out. Yeah, it's fine. Fabulous. Oh gosh, am I saying er uh, too much? No, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Well. Okay, so um, where was I? Yeah, right, so yeah, so she referred me to Charing Cross in 2014, and you know, I was incredibly lucky back then. Um, I got my first appointment in November 14, yeah, um, which felt like um, you know, it felt like an eternity of a wait back then, but you know, I know what. Um, people are going through at the moment in terms of wait times um, so you know I went through that whole process with Charing Cross and um, I was prescribed hormones in July 2015 so I was actually I was out in living my life um, for over a year before I even started hormones, but I just, you know, I had to do it. It was, it was my, my journey. I was going to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the last time I saw them was March 2016, um, and they gave me my second surgical referral. Okay. Um, and I was, I was all planned, you know, thinking I'll go, go to Brighton for surgery. Yeah. And then I spoke to someone who actually, you know, suggested, Dr. Porn out in Thailand. Um, Thailand yeah. yeah, so I looked into that and, you know, because um, my mum had passed away, I, I had a small inheritance and um, I just thought, Do you know what, I, you know, what, what better way to, to spend some of that money um, and, and actually spend it on me, <laughs> and which was quite selfish, I know, but, you know, I could have paid off some of the mortgage or something um but i just thought you know i i really i really want to do this um and i i really researched it so um i no it, it's, you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a daunting prospect to go all the way to thailand for what's oh god yeah know, it was major it was i mean i'm not like one that. yeah i'm not one of these people who who would like to go on holiday on their own um no, I didn't find it that scary doing that. Did you go? On, did you actually so go important. on your own? You went on your own. I did. I went oh, on wow. my own. No um, support. Yeah. Well. Uh, no support. No. Well, you know, it's um, you know, I did video calls with home and stuff, so, so yeah. that was good. Quite the time difference. Um, but yeah, I um, I originally booked for September seventeen, and then I managed to get a cancellation. Um, for June, sorry, July 2016, and that was that was uh, about May time in 16. So I had quite a mad rush to to try and arrange anything. So everything. from from um, the first time you went to see your doctor until you you kind of got this appointment in Thailand, how how long was that period? Um, so that was between my. Speaking to the doctor and the surgery date was um, 
it was two and a half years, give or take. Right. So still, still quite significant. It's amazing, uh, you know, compared to to what you know going through the NHS and the and the delays now. Yeah, I mean, compared to now, it was a lot quicker. But um, yeah, even even so, it's still a two year process back then. You know, from yeah, starting with you know your doctor and your referral and your first appointment GIC, mm. going through that whole process. Yeah. You know, you, even when it was quick back then, I mean, that's two years before you could have your... Yeah, surgery. yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, I, I do read about people um, overseas and, and it's, you know, a much more friendly approach, um, much more patient-first approach um, than what we have in the UK, which so is, when you, you know... Yeah, when, when you go to Thailand and it was Dr. Sopron... Dr. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is do they have a is it a private hospital there? I mean, is it? I'm, I'm assuming it's yeah. a very large kind of private modern hospital that you go to. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, yeah. Um, so you know, you get picked up at the airport and oh, right. um, and driven to this hotel, and it was in um, in a place called Chombury, which is you know the least touristy part of Thailand you could go to. <laughs> Right. Um, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's kind of an industrial place. Industrial Thailand. Um, well, it's, yeah, it's, but anyway, it's, it's not, not on the beaten path for tourists. Right. Um, but, you know, I didn't mind. Um, and uh, the way he operated was that um, all of his patients stayed in, in a hotel together. Yeah. So, so you've got other people to talk to. Yeah, got other people to talk to. So, you know, the day I arrived at the hotel, um, uh, another girl came up to me and she was from the US and she just, you know, she just welcomed me and, and um, said to me, once you're sorted, I'll show you the site. And, and that was really lovely. Um, and um, yeah, so you, you check into the hotel and then you go and see the surgeon and he checks all your paperwork and then it was off to the hotel for medical checks yeah. um and then i think it was for me it was a couple of days because my surgery was on a monday so right. um so yeah it was a few days and then i went into hospital for surgery um and then i was in the hospital for a week um and then back to the hotel with everyone else who was convalescing and recovering um, and yeah, it was it was um, it was a fabulous experience in terms of meeting all these other people from around the world yeah. who who'd gone there for the same reason. Um, and you know, I was in my forties then, and there were quite a few people, uh, you know, young girls there with with their mums or dads or even grandparents. Um, and you know, I actually spent quite a lot of time chatting with the with the parents. Um, but yeah, I, I met loads of people there. Some of them who are, you know, still really good friends, um, and it it was an amazing experience. How much of a of a process is it, you know, before you actually go to Thailand? You obviously have to get in touch with this surgeon in Thailand. And is yeah, there, is there a bit of a pre process before you actually go out? I mean, yeah, you so to you accept your uh, referrals from the GIC as well. Yeah, so so I mean, I contacted them um, to find out what 
what I needed to do and they, they gave yeah. me all the information. So I did get um, a referral from Karen Cross, um, mm-hmm. which I had to send through um, a copy in advance. So yeah. I just emailed that over. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously with all the finances, you have to pay a deposit and stuff mm-hmm. um, and then pay the final bill before you go over. Um, and then right. it's, it's right. a case of, yeah, and then I, you know, I went to my GP and got a 300,000 um, vaccines for this, whatever, you know. <laughs> it wasn't that many. I can't remember how, how many it was, but I had loads of, loads of injections and things before you um, for that. And I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just so paranoid that, I'd, you know, I'd get there and then catch something. Um, even though I'd been, you know, I'd been to Thailand on holiday before, you know, and I, I knew, um, I knew what I was, I was yeah. in for going there, you know, and it's, it's an absolutely gorgeous country. I love it so much. Yeah, um, I've, I've never been. I would like to go. It sounds like a yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful part of the world, um, and you know the people are amazing, and it's it's you know so so far away from what. You know, it's the sort of European and British um, culture. Yeah. It's, it's fabulous. I love and it. The food's probably a lot better as well. Oh, God, the food <laughs> is absolutely amazing. Although, um, to be fair, I did get a bit sick of it because um, I did eat quite a lot of it. And it's, <laughs> um, yeah, it was some, oh. I, I must confess, I did actually go to McDonald's when I was there because I just needed oh, yeah. something sneak down, to, <laughs> sneak down to the hotel for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long were you actually there for the for the whole um, operation? So, recovery? Yeah, so you were expected to, well, the, the, the Dr. Spawn recommended you were there for four weeks four minimum. Weeks, right. um, and I actually stayed for five. Okay. Um, but I was getting really, really homesick by then. Yeah. Um, and that, that was probably the hardest bit of being there on my own. And, and you were pretty much in the um, hotel all that time, were you? Um, yeah, I mean, I did have a wander around and, and I think I was, I was kind of lucky in that um, my recovery wasn't too bad and I was quite um, mobile yeah. re- relatively quickly. So, you know... There was a, a shopping mall across the road and an ice cream parlour. Right, so you, uh, yeah, you had things to do, and, places to go. Yeah, so yeah. I could just, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I might take a walk and, um, you know, just go and have a coffee somewhere just yeah. to get out of the hotel. Yeah. Um, but, but one of, so one yeah, of the things that worries me about going overseas for that surgery is what happens if something goes wrong and you need to go back? You know, if, if you need some kind of revision surgery or there's a problem. No, yeah. There for five, you say you were there for five weeks. But it, if, so, if something happens once you've left the country, would you have to go back or can things be fixed over here in the UK if there's a problem? Um, yeah, I mean, at the time he recommended that um, you go back. Right. Um, but he also recommended that if you had any issues um, that you ask ask um, any medical practitioner in the UK to consult with them, yeah. uh, with Dr. Spawn. Um, right. I did actually go back. Um, oh, you did? Just because, 
I, I did, yeah. I mean, it, I didn't have any major issues. Um, it was just um, just to, to sort of have a few minor corrections. Um, and that was, you know, that I think that was yeah. just something I wanted. And, and it was covered under the original um, original. Uh, oh, fee. so the, the original fee covers some revision work if necessary, does it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I had to pay good to, know. pay to fly out there and and stay at yeah, the hotel that, again. Hotels but... and flights excluded, but the actual expensive yeah. part, the surgery follow up, is is covered. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, a two hour revision, which was um, under local anaesthetic, right? Um, which was when the anaesthetic wore off, was um, was very uncomfortable. I can imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really pleased with the results and, um, you know, yeah. no regrets, no regrets. No, perfect. I mean, those, you know, paying for surgery is privately is quite expensive. I know in the UK, you're talking, you know, 30 grand approximately. If you were, if you were to go to, you know, Brighton or one Hatfield on a private basis, it's probably a very similar price maybe a bit cheaper going to um, Thailand I'd say it's cheaper um yeah. but you've got to kind of balance that with the fact that you're going to a foreign country and you have to go twice versus um well you, know, you don't have to go twice know. you don't have you no. don't have to go twice. yeah but... um and lots of people don't um I just I there were there were a few things that I just wasn't perfectly happy yeah. about and, you know it was it, it wasn't anything major. It wasn't causing me discomfort. I just, you know, I had the opportunity yeah. because it was it was covered in what I'd paid, yeah. um, and I just thought, you know, yeah, may as well use it. I'll take absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, amazing that you, you were able to do that, and it was all successful. That's great. You know, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of my, but, a lot you of know, if people I know who who are thinking about that stage of their transition. And, you know, there's quite a few people who are paying privately in the UK. I don't know yeah. anybody who's really considering going abroad, but, you know, it's an option. It's it's nice to have spoken to you about that because, you know, I'm kind of getting to that stage where do I yeah, pay for it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do I, wait, do I wait for the NHS? You know, it's. it's yeah, I, I do know, you know, having spoken to people, I do yeah. know that there are lots of really great surgeons around the world. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know the the problem is going privately and yes it does cost um a bit and yeah. and you know not everyone's in that position unfortunately yeah, that's, that's um yeah. and and that's you know i think that's my biggest bugbear with the the whole nhs system is that you know we're put onto these horrendous waiting lists and not treated the way we should be um and it and it no, but I mean it's it's so it's so clearly obvious that you know if you if you're told that you're going to be in a process that could last five six seven years before you get to the surgery stage, you know if you can afford to yeah do it privately, I mean people are going to do that. Obviously, they shouldn't be put in that mm. position. You know the NHS system no. should be good enough that you don't have to do that. You know that everybody yeah. gets it done within a reasonable amount of time. But it's so underfunded and understaffed at the moment that you know yeah. people are being forced to go private, 
others can't afford to and are stuck with the NHS system. So it's a really, it's become a really div divisive system that they've mm. got themselves into, you know. We really need to get that sorted out so that, you know, people are not, people who can afford it are not, don't feel guilty for doing so. And those who can't get a, get a good service on the NHS, a good quick service, you know. So, yeah, yeah there's lots of inequities there. It's, it's not great the way it's going at the moment. But, no, no. Things to work um, on, I guess. You know, definitely. Yeah. So, Liz, I have one more question for you. And yes. I think you know what the question is. It's your, <laughs> <laughs> it's your end of jingle question time and uh sorry end of podcast jingle time i get my words mixed up so you have a choice between a goat a cow or a trumpet thrump well, the choice is yours and you can have a combination of one or two or all three it's up to you oh can i can i have a <laughs> trumpet trump cow then <laughs> so you want the trumpet first yes go on. Followed, <laughs> followed by the cow Followed by the goat, is that? Yeah. Okay, so you want Oh, to... go on, stick the goat on the end as well then. <laughs> okay, so you're going to have a reverse order. Trumpet, cow, goat. Okay, I got it. <laughs> it's really interesting seeing what people pick, you know. So <laughs> I should. I think I should keep a little uh, table going, you know, to see which is the most popular one. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for coming on today, Liz. It's been, a, it's been amazing. No, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, I... I'm, I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, so, you know, thank you for having me on. You're more than welcome. Hopefully you'll come on again in the future and we can do part part two at some point. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, you could come back and tell us about your mermaid's work once that gets going. I mean, that would be a really interesting. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really hoping that, that that really takes off as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to come back on and um, yeah. talk to that. Right, all we'll the other do. things I'm doing and yeah, mermaids we'll, and stuff. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. So, okay, so thank thank you very much, and hopefully, talk to you soon. Yes, definitely, and take care. Have a lovely rest of your weekend. Yes, you too. Okay, bye bye. Bye. La, 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 la.